Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome into a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. A fresh week. The rumor mill does not stop just because it's the weekend. It kept going. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, the Yankee sign Aaron Judge on Wednesday morning. What was next? Nothing so far. Still <laughs> nothing has happened since then. But positive momentum in a number of directions. And perhaps most importantly so far, the Boston Red Sox lost Xander Bogarts. It really happened. It happened Wednesday night. Went to San Diego Padres on a stupid offer. He took Aaron Judge's Padres money. The Padres wanted Aaron Judge for 14 years, $440 million. MLB said, no, that's a joke. You're trying to break the luxury tax system. And the Padres said, you got us, hand up. We'll just pay that money to Xander Bogarts. Uh, but in the meantime, with the Red Sox getting worse, the New York Yankees are looking at Carlos Rodon. It's getting serious. It's gone from flirtation to possible reality. And we are watching the clock, wondering if it's going to go down today, tomorrow, when we're live. It would be nice. Uh, we're definitely at the stage where people are starting to throw other stuff into Rodon's market. Uh, to maybe get in the way of how Steinbrenner's shopping cart as he's trying to check out. So we'll parse through what's real and what's not. Plus, talking of what's real, former Islanders goalie Rick DiPietro thinks the Yankees are trading for Fernando Tatis Jr. Do you expect a big move, quote, bigger than Rodon? I personally don't. And if they do make one, it's not going to be that. But we'll talk about it anyway. And... Perhaps most importantly, with regard to the Bogarts chase, we're not just making fun of the Red Sox. We're keeping our eyes on a potential big-time Yankees target for 2024. That's the 2023-24 offseason for the season after this. And we'll talk it all out. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all the good podcast platforms. You got a junk podcast platform that we're not on? Let us know. We'll have some conversations. We're open to being on whatever terrible podcast platform you use. But most importantly... We are live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern time, all off-season long, all regular season long, and changing those times up when we have to, like 
say Aaron Judge signs at 8.20 a.m. on a Wednesday. We're going to go live as soon as we gather ourselves. Yankees win a big game. Yankees get walked off by the Astros. You might just find us on the air. But make sure to like and subscribe to this channel, the Yanks Go Yard YouTube channel. Uh, and so whenever we go live, you will get the alert. Please like the channel. Give us a subscribe. Give us a five-star review for the audio pod. We'd welcome that. We always do. Mailbag question in your review. The most fun way to talk to us. But you can also, of course, find us on Twitter at YanksGoYardFS. Thomas Carinante, enough of the plugs early in the episode. How you doing? I was hoping that we might have a done Rodon deal to talk about today. We don't quite have that yet, but I think it's fair to at least talk about uh, what he might mean to the Yankees, what a player of his caliber would do to the rotation. Uh, people were hot and heavy last week, a little quieter over the weekend, but all signs still point to him being their priority at this moment in time. Yeah, man, I'm doing good. Uh, that extra day that we had – we potted on Thursday. Uh, we put it on Wednesday. We missed Wednesday Thursday. Morning. I feel like we haven't fucking done this in two weeks. Yeah. Um, crazy what happens when you go off schedule. But uh, it was all for the better. I wish we could have gone live for Xander Bogarts leaving the Red Sox at 1 a.m. on Wednesday. But I don't know if too many of you guys would have been up for that. Um, no. Either way, I'm loving what we're hearing with Rodon. We've been asking for this for a decent while now. We wanted the Yankees to sign him last offseason when he went to the Giants. Um we wanted them to trade for him at the deadline. The good news here is that all the information, as you wrote about on yanksgoyard.com, is coming from the right places. Because you look around the you look around the hot stove rumor mill, right? You got your John Heyman's. Um, you got Ken Rosenthal. Um, you got Jeff Passan. You got Joel Sherman. And all those guys are great. But we don't really truly believe anything until it comes out of Jack Curry's mouth. Jack Curry now has said multiple things about Rodon to the Yankees and how there is traction. And then he even gave us an extra nugget late last week about how the Yankees at this year's trade deadline actually contacted the Giants, tried to make an effort to trade for Rodon, and the Giants said no. And that's where it kind of ended. The Yankees approached them about his availability. There wasn't any conversation to be had. The Yankees had no choice to move on probably influenced a couple of the other moves that they made at the deadline as they were clearing out, you know, the, the second tier of the farm system. And then also the, the rule 40 guys or the, uh, the rule five draft guys, um, which uh, Rangers fans still seem to think they won the Gallo trade. Cause the Yankee just farted out four prospects that they were never going to use, but good luck guys. Um, but yeah, so anyway, we have that nugget knowing that there was previous interest in Rodon at the trade deadline, meaning they were they, at, at that point how, in the manner in which he was pitching, that would have cost a lot in prospect capital. And then you'd have to think in the off season, the Yankees still would have been in the running for him in free agency because um, we're looking at the rotation right now and ahead into 2023. And then you realize after 2023, you're losing two starters and Luis Severino and Frankie Montas. I would venture to say that those guys will not be back. Um, not, anything against them. I just don't know if Montas has enough in him to bounce back and convince the Yankees to pay him in free agency. And I'm not sure the Yankees want to do another go around with Luis Severino, considering he's had um, one full healthy season since signing that extension. Um, and he hates the team because they shoved him onto the 60 day IL last year. So I don't, yeah. Can't yeah. forget about the fact that he despises the team. Um, <laughs> and with the way the pitching market is going again, nothing against Luis Severino, but a lot of guys are getting paid, like we talked about last week. Taiwan Walker, $72 million. 
Jamison Tyone, $68 million. Do you want to pay that escalated price for second tier possible top of third tier options? Or do you want to just fucking pay $180 million for one of the best guys out there? It's, it's all a matter of taste. But at that point, if you're shelling out the money, you got to get the known commodity, in my opinion. And if these types of guys are getting that 17, 18 million AAV, might as well just go another 10 million AAV for the guy that you know is going to be atop the rotation and not some question mark who could oscillate between number three and number five. So I'm loving where the information is coming from. I love Carlos Rodon. You know, I've been talking about him for well over a year now. Once he had that bounce back season with the White Sox, I got all excited. He is an absolute bulldog. He's uh, an emotional beast. Definitely intimidates the opposition when he's out there. Lefty, fellow lefty here. Um, big fan of those guys. Um, and gives Garrett Cole, I think, the support that he needs atop the rotation. A little bit of comfortability up there. Um, takes some pressure off so the load's not all on his shoulders, as we've seen it kind of escalate to over the last few years. So um, I'm liking where it's coming. Uh, I'm liking where the information's coming from. I don't mind the numbers. Uh, you could look at Rodon's injury history and say, well, you're going to give him $30 million a year for whatever. It just is what it is at this point, guys. You're not getting a known commodity with longevity, especially with most pitchers. Your elbow can rip off the bone at any second, even if you've had an entirely healthy 12-year career. It all is its completely arbitrary. So you have a guy like Rodon who profiles exactly what you need, gives you security beyond 2023. Yankees are going to have upwards of – 70, 80 million coming off the payroll after next season. So I think this is the move you make now. You avoid, not totally avoid, but next year's pitching market is going to be an absolute mess. There are so many guys, the bidding wars are going to be insane. And I don't know if the Yankees want to, once again, gear up, wait for another opportunity a year later, and then find themselves in a precarious situation when here they can just, there's a limited road on market, right? Because there's a lot of teams concerned about his health, his age, his agent, Scott Boris. Yankees can just, pay a little bit of extra money, get the guy that they need, have get get three, four good prime years out of them, hopefully win a World Series in that time frame. So if this is the way Hal Steinbrenner's thinking, finally woke up and smelled the coffee, baby. Yeah, Rodon's my guy. Um, and, and you look at the money, uh, obviously, you know, people know Rodon is an injury risk uh, because he was injured for a good portion of 2019, 2020. Yeah, I've, I've heard all that. But it is important to note he's had Tommy John surgery already. So having an injury history, if you if you have an injury history and you haven't had Tommy John yet, kind of sets off an alarm bell in my mind, like you're going to have Tommy John at some point. Yeah. Might he have two? Sure. It's happened. Nathan Avaldi, like we've seen it, but your risk of having a second procedure is way less than your risk of having a first procedure. So that makes you feel good. Uh, and it's, it's also pretty obvious that the Radon we've seen in 21 and 22 is a different guy from previously which would make you – he's throwing like four or five miles an hour harder. That makes me think he's unlocked something in his arsenal. That makes me think he's figured out strength training. Like, I don't – I don't. I'm not even concerned about paying the guy who struggled to stay on the field in, in 18, 19. It, it feels like a first-round pick who figured it out at 28 and rehab from Tommy John and learned how to stay healthy. The attitude is there. Everything about uh, – you watched Radon highlights. It's hard not to get mesmerized. I, I would say anecdotally – he pitched the best game against the Yankees I've seen pitched outside of Justin Verlander in the last five years. I understand that is high praise, but Rodon start at Yankee Stadium in May 2021 with the White Sox is the most I've seen this lineup dominated by anybody. Uh, go back and watch the tape. 
and he ran out of gas in the end of 2021 after having nothing on his plate in 2020. Nobody pitched that year, no length. And then 2022, he hit the best season of his career, uh, back-to-back years, top six in the Cy Young chase. Now, it's going to cost money, sure. Uh, Rodon, the rumor is he wanted seven and a, seven years and a number that started with a two in the $100 million range. I don't think he's going to get that. If he does, it's not going to come from the Yankees. Uh, that much I know. So, you know, that's – I hope I'm not breaking your hearts, but that it's going to cost a lot of money. If it's seven years for the 30-year-old Carlos Rodon, the Yankees are not going to go there. If it's 200 mil for Carlos Rodon, the Yankees are not going to go there. Six years is even probably tight for the Yankees, but they're going to have to. Are they going to approach that 180 number? I don't know, but you got to meet in the middle here. Anything less than 6170, I don't think gets it done. And considering all the smoke is currently floating in the Yankees' direction, you have to assume that they know that too. They're waiting out Scott Boris. They want to see if they can get this closer to a number that pleases them. But maybe it's accomplished with vesting options. Maybe it's accomplished with contract language. you got to get that sixth year in there in some capacity, and you have to get to the 170-180 range. It's less than what David Price signed for with the Red Sox. Does anybody think David Price in 2015 was a better pitcher than Carlos Rodon now? They're roughly equivalent, but I would say Rodon's attitude, playoff, like battle-tested, the mentality just translates better to the Bronx. You look at uh, Rodon when he got drafted, saying New York, New York on the MLB Network broadcast. I don't think that was an accident. Clearly somebody who understands. Why would that be your karaoke song if you weren't a Yankee fan? Sorry. If it was, it's fucking weird. Or Imagine, if you were at an Italian wedding. Yeah, singing that and then being like, love my Reds, though. Like, that's not how it goes. If that's your favorite song, you like the Yankees. Sorry. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
I, I'm a huge Rodon fan. And I think also just as importantly as Jack Curry and company connecting him to the Yankees, the flip side is really important here too. I, I'm not shocked this didn't get done over the weekend. Uh, and the reason I'm not shocked is because the market is somewhat limited. You listen to the figures that we're throwing out there. 7-200, right? 6-180. The Giants and Yankees were in there for Aaron Judge. That process dragged. And we now know that process dragged because Aaron Judge was waiting and his agents, Paige Odell and co, were waiting until the last second to try to get that additional money out of House Steinbrenner, and it worked. Now you got a Scott Boris client looking for the last large contract of his pitching career coming off two of the best seasons you can parlay into a new deal. Who's in this market? It's the Yankees. It's the San Francisco Giants, supposedly, who have a lot of money to spend and just signed Sean Manaya to fill out their rotation. But Susan Slusser says not so fast. They're still in on Rodon. We'll see. Don't know how far they're willing to go. Uh, they obviously signed him last offseason. They like him a lot. They signed him and got an incredible out of him and he opted out. So no reason they wouldn't like it. I would say the Giants are still in the chase. Then you've got Boris trying to uh, tell John Hammond there's a mystery team, but also telling him the mystery team is the Cardinals and also telling him he can reveal that the mystery team is the Cardinals. Not very mysterious. Uh, but then the Cardinals, John Mozeliak, like an hour after that Heyman tweet said, uh, you know, we got some financial flexibility to work on stuff, but I'd say the rumors you're hearing aren't true. Okay, sure, Scott Boris loved that. What's left? The Red Sox, who have so much money left, but nobody can figure out what they're going to do with it because it seems like the answer is nothing. People keep connecting them to Carlos Correa. People are going to connect them to Rodon. They signed Masataka Yoshida for $105 million and could not get the money for Xander Bogarts. They have something, they have money left to spend, but no one credibly is connecting them to Rodon or Correa. They're lurking just because like people can't believe they're not going to be the Red Sox. So far, they haven't been the Red Sox. You have to throw them in here, though. Then there's the Dodgers. Rumor has it they're heavily interested. We knew they were interested at the start of the offseason. But everything we're hearing from the Dodgers is they're going to save all the money they could possibly save for Shohei Otani next offseason. And we know the Dodgers go short term. So high AAV, great. But Rodon's looking for years. Seven. We keep hearing seven. Seven means six when you get to the negotiating table. The Dodgers don't do that. And the Dodgers haven't signed a Scott Boris client in a decade. So while they wait for Shohei Otani and while they wait out Trevor Bauer's, uh, you know, sexual assault case getting cleared off their books, I don't really understand the Dodgers here unless they decide to pivot and change their philosophy and offer the one thing they haven't offered in recent years. So it's the Yankees, the Giants, who may have filled their rotation on Monday, the Dodgers, who would have to, again, flip everything around to become a viable destination for Rodon and would have to agree to a Boris deal for the first time in forever, and the Red Sox, who I'm still waiting. If they didn't sign Kodai Senga, then I don't know what they're doing. He was $75 million for five years. They certainly have that. Uh, so, you know, call me out, but it does feel like we're getting to the stage where everyone knows the Yankees are interested. We've got a mystery team already. The mystery team has written themselves out of the conversation. We've got the Dodgers, who are the, always included in these discussions. People want the Red Sox to be involved. They're not heavily involved yet, and, and we're getting close enough to the finish line. But no wonder it's taking this long because they're waiting for the market to expand. And it did in the Aaron Judge chase. The Padres showed up at the very end. He flew out to California to talk to the Padres. All that patience paid off. Aaron Judge got another team involved after we thought that one was done and dusted. So the the Rodon market and Scott Boris, they're clearly trying to involve what can we get one more team in there? Can we get two more teams in there? 
and, and we'll figure out soon enough where we land. You never know what's going to happen. That's the moral of the story. Every offseason, um, you, you, we don't know what the Dodgers are doing. Dodgers have been sitting here. They haven't made any move of note. They lost out on their top center field target and Kevin Kiermeyer, who went back to the Blue Jays. We can't get rid of him. I don't know why, but um, we don't know if the Dodgers are treading lightly because of the Bauer situation or because they're ready to just give Shohei Otani $500 million next offseason. Either way, you can't dismiss anybody in free agency, especially with how things have transpired at this point. A lot of teams have been left in the dust. Um, a lot of teams still need a little bit of help, even if their trajectory for 2023 isn't looking as promising. they got to set themselves up for next offseason. Um, but in conjunction with Rodon, there has been buzz that there's going to be another big move from the Yankees, even if they do sign Rodon. What is that going to be? We heard Correa. I don't know how that makes sense. Somebody in here, anybody in the chat, please tell me how Carlos Correa makes sense unless the Yankees are going to offload their top shortstop prospects for, I don't even know what's out there. What would you trade for? What would you trade that many? Would you get Brian Reynolds with that money or mm -hmm. with the, with those prospects? Would you get, um, uh, who we weren't we talking about some potential pitchers the other, Oh, Corbin Burns, maybe like, yeah. I don't know. I don't think the Brewers are doing that. I'm not sure. What and and again, we saw the trade market not really be active at the winter meeting. So, how much more active is it, is it really going to get with these top names? Um, should the Yankees make a move of that magnitude? Um, and then this is this, th these two things go hand in hand here. We got the Fernando Tatis rumor linking the Yankees, um, to him again. Don't know how that makes sense. You're going to give up. You're going to ostensibly give up top prospects for a $340 million contract for a guy who was clearly a problem in more ways than one. Um, he was crowned the face of baseball in, what, 2020? Um, and then since then, it's been an absolute – after 130 games in the league, he was the next best thing. And he, you know, uh, not a bad decision by the Padres, in my opinion, to sign him to that long-term deal because they, at the time, needed to kind of uh, – uh, convince more people to stay there because they have this nice core of players and they wanted to have it sustain over time. Long story short, AJ Peller's done a great job in my opinion over there, even though some of the moves have been wonky, but you got to be a little bit crazy to, to get the job done. Nonetheless, I don't know how this makes sense. I don't know what you're thinking about this, but either way, this would be the fourth $300 million contract the Yankees put on the books. Unless of course, Giancarlo Stan's waving his no trade clause. Mm -hmm. Then again, you look at Tatis's deal, right? His, uh, Competitive balance tax payroll hits are very small over the next few years before you start getting into the $25 million, $30 million, $35 million hits as time goes on. Um, I believe it was a 14-year contract that he signed. Um, so it covered, and, obviously. And year one, year one of it was incredible. So no notes yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know where anybody is kind of thinking this, but the how about the Padres, right? We thought that they signed Xander Bogarts because they're kind of sweating a little bit about Manny Machado opting out next offseason, which is very realistic based on what th people heading into their age 31 season. Aaron Judge heading into age 31 season got nine years, $360 million. I'm not saying Manny Machado is going to get that, but would you leave five years and $150 million on the table to get another $100 million if someone's going to offer you $250 million or – He's a he's a gold glove third baseman. I'm sure someone wouldn't be scared to pay him 275, 300 if it really came down to it. So I don't know why the Padres would then do that and get rid of a 
get rid of a star player such as Tatis, especially after all they dealt with with him. I think they kind of have to sit there and be like, all right, we've got to give him one more year. We've got to see what's going on because at this point, the Padres are not inter- that interested in restocking their farm system. Um, and I don't think the Yankees would be able to stomach trading someone like Volpe, someone like Dominguez, um, or, you know, a, a, a bunch of other guys for a very, very unproven off the field commodity in Tatis. That's another hefty investment. He's got to get back on track mentally uh, for this to kind of be, for this to even work for any party. This is a risk that I think the Yankees would, would be a little bit insane to take. Would I be disappointed if it happened? No, but I just, I don't think we should even be discussing it as a realistic option at this point. Michael K did give us a fun Friday drop in the like, Hey, I'm here and they're working on something even bigger on his little Friday night radio show. Um, had me refreshing Twitter. I was in the middle of a golf lesson Friday night. Uh, mm. Yeah. High class. And I was taking the phone out of the pocket. The instructors talking about the Yankees behind me. I'm kind of giving him tidbits and trying to check. And then of course, nothing happened Friday night. Why Did would you hear it? The Yankees go yard podcast. Yeah. He's, he actually, he was like, I have, and I hate it. And I was like, oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> But it, it was like, uh, you know, it was, it was like a wild goose chase. Everybody's trying to figure out what this big move could possibly be because there aren't that many big moves on the table. Correa was the immediate assumption. Buster only made that assumption to uh, pure speculation. And then he got aggregated for it. And he was like, I literally made that up. But he was doing what we were doing. He was like, I hear the Yankees are working on something big. Uh, I don't know. Carlos Correa is the only expensive free agent still on the market. So you connect the dots. And it's like, okay, maybe that could be an option. Uh, or it could have been Brian Reynolds. Or it could have been Corbin Burns, Zach Gallen. considering the Yankees seem to like these Diamondbacks outfielders a lot. Like you hear them talking about Jake McCarthy and Alec Thomas. And these are players I'd be interested in putting on the roster. Maybe not as my starting left fielder for 2023. Uh, we'll have to find out what happens there. Oswaldo Cabrera can man the position. Whatever. We're way beyond the point. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Correa, it's short. Like, yeah, you want to be a megalith? Sure, I guess getting Carlos Correa on your roster makes sense. But you know what it made more sense last year? When he was looking for a short-term deal, maybe opt out after one year, they could have gotten Correa for the final season of Judge's team control before his big old extension. They could have gotten Correa during the year when Oswald Peraza wasn't ready yet and Anthony Volpe was starting at double A. And then Correa could have opted out after the season. The two sides could have amicably parted ways or figured out a way to juggle his deal with Judge's deal. There are a lot of things they could have done. They didn't do any of them. They didn't sign Carlos Correa when he was readily available last offseason. So why would they sign him now that Peraza is the supposed starting shortstop start season? Volpe is going to start at AAA. They want him up soon, too. They're considering trading labor tours to make room for both of them. If you were going to sign Carlos Correa now, there will be no opt-out. When you will have to be making a long-term commitment, you had better trade Peraza or Volpe or Dominguez for some sort of Brian Reynolds thing. Uh, like you just have to have a, a next step there. You're only signing Correa if you're trading your shortstop prospect or prospects immediately. Because otherwise, you could have just done this last year. And, and it makes so much less sense now than it did then. Uh, I, I guess we'll see. Right? We'll see. I mean, we'll Correa, Correa would be a fun Yankee. I, I'm not denying that. But it, everyone making the connection that there's a big move to come, that was the only really big move. Except for Tatis Jr. And we all were like, be a pretty big move. Be a pretty, pretty, pretty fat move. Yes, you guys are right. Like, you're not wrong there. However, uh, most of a $340 million contract still owed to him. PED questions. We don't know what Tatis, the non-PED user, looks like. He's probably still a pretty good baseball player, but that's a question mark. Somebody you got to commit 13 more years to. Uh, the $300 million contract thing, I think the Yankees would be amenable to adding another one at some point, but... I don't think they want one foisted upon them, like the Padres demanding you take the Tatis Jr. deal. Uh, and he'd still cost a ton of prospects. It's not even like one of those mega deals where you could just pay you think someone. It'd be that many? You think it'd be that many prospects? I don't think it'd be that many, but it would be more than none. It would be none if you just yeah. paid probably Correa money. Like, uh, is Volpe in a deal for a player who's making 340 mil? Like, look at, you look at his deal right now. He's making $7.71 million next year, $11.71 million in 2024. 20.71 million 2025, 20.71 million 2026, and then it's 25, 36, 36. So you're not even getting that big of a financial break there. I thought it was a little bit more than that. That sounds like it, to surrender, to surrender, because they surrendered all their top prospects for two and a half years of Juan Soto, who yeah. was just making ARB payments, and they were, it was, it was controllable. This you can't get. You can get rid of Juan Soto theoretically. You, if you get Fernando Tatis and he isn't playing up to par, you're not you're not getting rid of this contract. So what's the? I don't I don't know what the trade market would be for that. No, like Peraza leads all of these trades just because yeah. he kind of has to. Then like an Austin Wells type, and then two back end pitchers. You can have Justin Lang back, the guy you traded us for Luke Voigt. 
you can have him. I don't, I don't know. I, I truly don't know. And that's why it's, it's incomprehensible. That's why we shouldn't even have to address, like, what would it cost to trade for the face of baseball because former Islanders goalie Rick DiPietro told us to talk about it. I mean, that's it's somewhat ridiculous. But uh, he's, yeah, he's a beast. You, you'd, you'd welcome him on the team if you were here. But Absolutely. he's not going to be here. And you know why? Because the San Diego Padres want to win the World Series next year. Because the Los Angeles Dodgers are taking a step back. The Los Angeles Dodgers are starting James Outman and Miguel Vargas. They let Cody Bellinger walk, which actually kind of seems like a steal now after some of these other contracts. Kevin Kiermeyer, what are the Blue Jays doing? Uh, Could have had Bellinger. Don't. Um, I'm sick of the Blue Jays. Jays. I'm very tired of the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, I prefer the Boston Red Sox, quite frankly. They're in on everybody. They're in on all these big names, and they get fucking none of them. None they of cleared Teoscar Hernandez to do what? If, if it's not Brian Reynolds, then to do what? Great. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I wonder. I, I don't actually want to know what they're doing. But uh, <laughs> the, the Dodgers are cutting bait on most of the stars they've had for the past several years. Bellinger, gone. Trey Turner, gone. Justin Turner, probably gone. Don't expect a resolution there for a while. He's going to be a last-ditch guy. Dodgers don't have Walker Bueller. Dodgers lost Tyler Anderson. They're going to try to make some new pitchers in their lab, and that's great. But the San Diego Padres saw an opportunity. They stomped on Xander Bogarts. They have Manny Machado for guaranteed one more year. Tatis Jr. coming back this year. Juan Soto still here. The Padres are a superstar-laden team. Look at their lineup from last year when we thought they were stacked. and We're waiting for Tatis to come back. It had Eric Hosmer and Luke Voigt in it. Those are like bottom of the barrel guys at this point, which is very sad, but it's true. Trent Grisham is the worst regular Padre. Jerks and Profar is not coming back, it would seem. If he does, he'll be in a bench role. This team is absurd. They're going to welcome Tatis Jr. back, and they want to win the World Series this year. They want to win the West. They want to win the World Series. I don't think they're going to surrender uh, an MVP candidate they, who they just extended just so that they replenish the prospect pipeline. 23 and 24 are their years. And in 23 in particular, they don't think the Dodgers are going to be very active. Uh, and they think the Dodgers – and the Dodgers will always be a playoff team. But they don't think the Dodgers are cinched to win the NL West, and they're right. So I don't think they're going to trade a strength and weaken a strength in a year where they think they could contend for a World Series. And they're not crazy to think that because they beat the Dodgers in the playoffs last year, which was supposed to be a stronger Dodgers roster, and they made the NLCS. They, they just had one team in their way in the NLCS from getting to the World Series. So, and now they, yeah, now theoretically they had two All Star caliber players into the fold. Bogarts is there, and Bogarts, as I said earlier, kind of spiraled this theory for next off season. Um, and we're wondering, does this mean Machado could be a link to the Yankees again next hmm. year? Um, hmm. I don't know. Uh, once again, it would be annoying because the Yankees could have just already made this happen. Um, I look once again, welcoming Manny Machado. Don't care, but, um, don't care about the money. Don't care about, you know, any of that. It's just, why are we always one, two, three years late? Why can't we just make the right decision? Why couldn't we have signed Manny Machado to the very, very cost-effective 10-year, $300 million contract with opt-outs to give him all the opt-outs he wants. I don't, I don't care. You get two, three years out of Manny Machado. That's awesome. That's exactly what your te- that's exactly what a team with a constant winning and uh, an open winning window needs. You add somebody into the fold, like for example, I know Scott Boris was not going to allow Carlos Correa to sign the deal that he signed last year with the Twins with the Yankees. But if the Yankees can get one year out of Carlos Correa, 
that changes the entire dynamic, changes the entire complexion of what they're trying to do. You add an all-star caliber player in a void where there's been bad production for three straight years, that maybe gets you over the ALCS hump. That's just how things work. So they gave Bogarts 11 years, $280 million, mental, mental contract. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of it being crazy and something that I, I don't know if it would have been smart for a team like the Yankees to do, um, it was both equally hilarious to watch Red Sox fans melt down, watch Bloom be confused at his airport gate as he was getting back on the plane to – Boston learning about this was the best moment of your entire life. It really was. We got to pull up that blurb. Uh, oh my God. Yeah, let's, let's read some Boston journalism live on yeah. air. Cause like this, this is as good as it gets. And, and I want to f- a lot of framing the arson judge tweet. I would frame yeah. this. This is frameable. Julian McWilliams of the Boston globe. This is here's the context here, guys. I haven't laughed this hard in maybe a year. It's true. Uh, it's genuinely true. He's not kidding. It is true. People were disturbed by how hard I was laughing. Um, the context here is everyone's in the airport, getting ready to leave the winter meetings. Obviously, the the annual event ended on Wednesday evening. Um, everyone was getting ready to get on their plane. Um, the Red Sox reportedly offered Xander Bogart. It's a six-year, $162 million deal. Actually, pretty fair. 27 million AAV. I think that's paying him fairly yeah. um, and commensurate with how he's, how he's compared with other shortstops in the game. Um, and that apparently the Red Sox thought they kind of had it. You saw all the reports, Sean McAdam. Uh, what, who is he? Is he the Providence journal? What is he? Um, uh, sorry. One sec. I mean, he's legit. He, I don't I, think yeah. He's legit. Pro, yeah. Legit uh, guy. Now he's the Boston sports journal. Okay, good. Weird. Yeah. No, a lot of, Yeah, nonetheless, a lot of Boston sports personalities were saying heavy discussions, trending in the right direction, feeling good. So all crescendoed, everybody, it got to the point. Everyone's like, oh, my God, okay, we're going to get him back. We're not going to lose the heart and soul of the team. Preller hits at the 11th hour with this monster offer. And this from Julian McWilliams is how Bloom learns of this in the airport gates, surrounded by Boston media members about to board a plane, four hours floating in the sky, unable to do anything. And that's the barrel that he's staring down. Quote, appearing out of sorts, trying to wrap his mind around the idea Bogarts would be a Padre, Bloom needed some time to gather his thoughts. The Red Sox knew a deal with the Padres was likely, that their six-year $160 million offer to Bogarts was no match for the Padres, a team that has shown a willingness to pay or overpay stars over the years. Quote, give me a minute, Bloom said. The minute turned into two. Then came a brief walk to Terminal 37A, where Delta Flight 1108 began its boarding process. Quote, give me a minute, Bloom repeated, staring into space in isolation, no longer peering at his phone. A broken man. An I love to. I, I think there's a detail in there we don't have that I assume that Delta Flight 11 whatever is the flight he was trying to get on. But in this little chunk where we don't know and that's left out, that's one of my favorite parts. It just could be like another Delta flight. It's like Bloom walked over to... A flight from San Diego to Paris, just in complete confusion, like, oh, <laughs> what happened? They're like, sir, this flight board's in three and a half hours, and you're wearing no shoes. And he's like, give me a minute. I mean, I, because, and I, I wrote about this, too, because it got me so good. And I do, it sucks to say as a Yankees fan, I do feel bad for this guy. 
I feel bad for anyone who's ever encountered anything like this. Yeah. This is like, this is, it's still funny. I still enjoy it, but it's not as fulfilling if it was like, like I said in the article, Ben Sherrington or Theo Epstein, because those guys were like ingrained seemingly in the Boston culture and were throwing money around and were going toe to toe with the Yankees in so many other ways. And Heim Bloom has been instructed by this ownership group to cut costs, to get rid of the star players, to be very careful with his spending, to operate on a smaller budget and make raise-esque moves, which haven't really come to fruition. So this guy's been put in a little bit of an impossible situation. And you have to think that ownership, like he had to bother ownership for that six-year $160 million offer, like repeatedly. He was probably like, look, we know we're going to get outbid. Like we need, we need a higher AV. We need a decent amount of years. We need a fat number. And the, the sad part is, is that if they just did this in the offseason, we're not here. I don't think – I truly don't think they come to this point if they just said, you know what, Xander, here's an extra $100 million based on what's left on your deal. It takes you through age 36. We'll still get a maximum amount of the prime years out of you. You'll get decent amount of security tacking on uh, – what is it? It would have been five or six uh, – it would have been seven extra years because he had one more – he would have, uh, I guess, opted in. To the one, how many years? I don't even remember. Either way, no, he had so many. Years. He had so many years left. He had three years and sixty mil that he opted out on because that's what they were asking him to do at first. When they should have been offering him six one sixty or six one seventy, they were saying you got three more years left at twenty million a year. We'll give you one more year, and your deal is four years and ninety million dollars. And he said, absolutely not. Um, as he should have. Everyone knew the deal he'd already signed was a bargain basement deal was him being super nice. And they were basically like, you know, that tiny deal you already signed, keep it, don't get rid of it. And then just add one more expensive year at the back end. And he was like, no, also he's aging. He's going to be 30 in the Red Sox. were clearly just trying to lock him down through age 34. Yeah. At which point he would be in no man's land and have to sign like a three year deal with the Red Sox or a two-year deal with somebody else after that? I don't really know. So he wanted one more payday. The Red Sox wanted to just keep him through his prime and let him go instead of being respectful to the captain. If they had offered him six or seven years at 160, 180, he would have come back for sure. Um, He was willing to take a discount. Didn't take it. They never offered it to him. Then they offered it to him too late. And who is spinning the part of the propaganda machine that had Sean McAdam say that a high-ranking Red Sox official said, we're signing him. He's coming back. Asked whether they were signing him or not. The Red Sox official said emphatically, yes. No, don't say yes. You didn't do it. Who is feeding this? Who's coming out of the discussions? And by the way, Heim Bloom walking through the airport in a trance is all well and good, but we learned through a one-on-one interview with Bloom and Chris, Cat- Chris Cotillo that he he had this sense all day that things were not going to go his way, that there was really no, like, 11th hour pivot. This was pretty much over. So who leaked that to Sean McAdam? That's rude to Red Sox fans, something I never thought I would say. They had false hope for a reason, because you told them you were signing it. It's not irrational hope. They actually thought the organization was turning it around. They didn't think Bogarts' market had a lot of names in it. I didn't think Bogarts' market had a lot of names in it. There, there was a rumor that the only shortstop the Padres wanted was Trey Turner. In part because this opens up a lot of confusing questions about Manny Machado, about Fernando Tatis Jr. 
We're having Tatis Jr. trade conversations because they almost spent $300 million on another shortstop. So there's a reason you don't want to upend the apple cart like that, but they clearly love Bogarts more than the Red Sox. I, I was hoping the Yankees could have stolen Bogarts on like a seven or eight year deal, not an 11 year deal for 280 million. Not that no one thinks that is good, even though he's going to produce and he's a hall of fame quality bat. And he's coming off his best defensive season. Xavier Bogarts, the player is great and he might provide a lot of value. Not quite that much, but a lot. Uh, the 11 is the crazy thing. The money on that contract's not that bad, but sure. 11 years is buck wild. And the Red Sox were never going to match that. No one's telling them to. I'm just shocked that they let it get to that point. And now uh, their best player is is going to do this song and dance again next offseason. They've lost uh, their best player in 2020, Moogie Betts, their best leader this offseason, Xander Bogarts, and also really fucking good hitter, Hall of Famer. And uh, their current best hitter is Rafael Devers, who is one year away from free agency. It's going to cost, I don't know, judge money? $350 million, yeah. $390 million more years. He's young. You're going to have to pay a ton of money for Rafael Devers. And if you don't, your team is not close. So best of luck. I don't, this is, yeah, it, it's bad. It's bad for Boston right now. Um, final, and, and you know what? Finally, we have a situation with Boston fans where they're willing to speak out against ownership because every Every other time, even the Mookie Betts trade, there were there, there were obviously people who were upset with that. But then there were people defending it, saying, oh, you know, he didn't want to be here. He was going to cost too much money. He's not that good in the playoffs for us. Hate to break it to you. Xander Bogarts hasn't been good in the playoffs for you either. Uh, I think he's got a fat 230 average with a six-something OPS. That's not good. Um, getting rid of good baseball players is bad business. That's the end of the story. And the fact that you're defending any of it, unless – one of them, you know, threaten you and your family. That's the only way that I think you could not want a star player on your team who has, who, who in someone in Mookie Betts, 108 win season, World Series, MVP, clearly the best player in the sport at one time. I don't know on what planet you're defending getting rid of that person. Um, and it came to a point when Xander Bogarts left, I did not see outset, even the people who were like, I wouldn't have done this deal because it's it's a bad deal, which I think is an argument to have and an argument for a separate time. Everyone was more upset that there was disrespect leading up to this point. There was a lack of urgency to get him secured under contract that led to this point. Um, and it was clear they alienated somebody who has been deemed the heart and soul of the team. Fans were upset about that. So thanks for having a pulse, Boston. Thanks for stop operating. Thanks for not operating under the messaging of ownership and the direction of ownership, because that's not what fans are for. Fans are for putting pressure on ownership to make sure they do the right thing, so we can enjoy ourselves at the ballpark. Not so we go there, get ripped off, and then you know watch Pablo Sandoval's belt fly off when he tries to swing at uh, strike four. Um, but anyway, I we didn't we skipped over the Machado stuff for us. That's what I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit more before we yeah. left here. He's going to opt out at this point if he has anything close to a season he's had in, he's had the last two years. Um, Aaron Judge won MVP. Aaron Judge is a different animal, I think. He spent six years in New York. He's the most recognized face in baseball. Um, he just put forth one of the best 25 seasons of all time. Um, Manny Machado is one of the greatest all-around players of this generation. 
Um, I don't know if he has the marketing pull that Aaron Judge does or someone like Shohei Otani does. But nonetheless, if someone like Bogarts, who I think is a lesser player than Manny Machado, is getting 11 years and $280 million, you have to think that Machado is going to be willing to try his luck one last time heading into age 31 season when he sees these age 30 guys getting paid 11-year deals. Would the Yankees be in on this? I don't know, but they probably should be, depending on what happens with the payroll this year, right? Should be. I think they should be. Um, again, the, you're adding multiple $300 million players to the team. Scary. Just a scary, whether it's Tatis or Machado. Also, you're right. The Machado PR spin is not in the judge realm. I mean, what do we hear about Machado entering free agency? It knocked him into March yeah. of 2019 because everyone was like, doesn't hustle – stepped on a Brewers first baseman doesn't like there was a big expose Machado interview that was like Machado doesn't hustle it's his choice or whatever it was like picture of smiling Machado giving an interview about how it's like not his vibe but he was basically talking about false hustle like he was basically like I'm not gonna sprint to first just to show you I can not gonna hurt my hamstring or whatnot but he entered free agency at like his all-time low and ended up signing a pretty sizable deal I would say with Diego Padres anyway. Uh, that's another reason you're not going to trade Tatis Jr. Because he's he's basically entering the trade market now at the same place that Machado entered free agency when he had a historic struggle to get a contract. Tatis Jr., motorcycle accident, steroid bust. Rough stuff. $340 million contract attached. Rough stuff. Not pre-arb. Expensive as hell, even though it escalates, like you said. And uh, yeah, tragic accident, missed many games, PED suspension that will bleed into next season. We don't even know what he'll look like. Machado is the same thing. Center of controversy with the Dodgers. Stepping, stomping on a Brewers first baseman, made the last out of the World Series. Gave a tell-all interview saying hustling is kind of not my thing. Great. The Yankees supposedly had him in for a visit. He wanted to go to the Yankees. There was also all sorts of chatter about how he thought he was getting traded to the Yankees at the 2018 deadline, which is another this would have changed everything moment. Although all I think it really would have changed is that the Yankees probably would have been the ones embarrassed by the Red Sox and the ALDS that year. Machado got embarrassed by the Red Sox three weeks later. He probably would have just had his moment in the sun against the Red Sox and the DS. Where I was like, wow, we can't hit elite pitching. Wow. We can't hit Chris sale. Wow. He's a petty baby. And he would have gotten thrown at at some point because he spiked Dustin Pedroia. And it's, it's all coming back to me now. Uh, 2018 was a weird season for Machado, but he, he thought he was coming here at, the, at that deadline. He thought he was coming here in the off season. The Yankees never really did the dance with him. And he's gone to San Diego and been an icon, an MVP top three in 2020, the shortened season, but he was fantastic. 2019 got his sea legs. By the way, he signed a free agent contract at the age of 26. Manny Machado feels like a seasoned veteran to so many of us at this point, because we're talking about his next contract when he'll be 31, when he'll be judge age, Signed that free agent deal at 26. Got most of his 2020 season stolen from him. 2021 and 22, the best of the best. 131 OPS plus 159 last year. Finished second in the MVP race. 32 bombs, 298 average, 366 OBP, 898 OPS. That ballpark in San Diego isn't exactly a band box either. You got to really hit the ball to get it out of there. Manny Machado is a great baseball player. Five years, 150 left on the table. At the age of 31, he's definitely getting three more years right? Definitely two, probably three. 30 million a year, not a bargain per se, but for a player like Machado, he can get that up to 35. 
Yeah. Like you, you have to opt out here. And the Padres are saying all the right things about how they want him to be a Padre for life. They've already had these conversations. And I believe that they have because the men responsible for the San Diego Padres have crazy money. They offered Trey Turner crazy money. They offered Aaron Judge crazy money. They offered Xander Bogarts a contract that outbid the Red Sox by $120 million. They're not messing around. If they want Manny Machado, they're going to find a way to retain Manny Machado, but they're going to have to do it on a new contract. He is going to opt out. Yeah. I think they may be doing off. I think they may be doing extension before opening day. Uh, Preller's Preller is a guy who gets ahead of it as, as you've seen with various dealings, um, whether it's trade for trades for starting pitchers, um, whether it was paying guys to ensure that they, they stay in San Diego, um, whether it's, you know, dealing willing to take risks by dealing all of his top prospects in a Juan Soto deal or a, a Blake Snell deal, which which costs them a lot, too. Um, so maybe this is settled by the time opening day comes around and we're not even discussing it. But if it gets to the point where Machado's like, you know what? I'm just is he rep by Boris Machado? Hold on. I mean, I assume everybody is. Yeah, because if that's the I case. Is, right? Yeah, because if that's the case, then it, that's going to need to be a hefty, hefty overture before opening day because Boris obviously always prefers that um, his clients hit free agency. So the market. Team no, it's clearly it not. It's, it's Dan Lozano. According right, Dan. to a 2018 piece from Ken Rosenthal. The last time he hit free agency. Hey, Dan. He was a, he was a Boris client uh, when he was drafted, switched to Dan Lozano in February, 2011. This is all the information you could ever want. Uh, happy to, happy to provide it for you. That's great. Um, so, Hey, look, I think that makes it something before opening day a little bit more realistic. Um, but you never know. Machado is a very confident dude, a uh, very candid dude. And I feel like he would be open to being like, look, if I would rather take the risk and if I have an MVP caliber season, I'll opt out and I'll test for agency. If not, and God forbid I get injured or God forbid I have a below average season, maybe I'll just take the $150 million extra. Um, but – Yankees probably have to be in on this considering Josh Donaldson is going to be gone after next year. Um, considering that you want to have the best possible all around team with your young guys in tow, if they're not making trades for anybody this off season. Um, <clears throat> and because they still have a stacked farm system so they can be able, they will be able and willing to trade for example, pitching, for outfield help, um, for whatever they need to do. Because under, if you look at the Yankees and they have to figure out their situation, you have Judge and right field for the foreseeable future. You have Anthony Rizzo at first base for at least two years, most likely three. In this magical scenario, you have Peraza and Volpe up the middle for however long. You have Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, hopefully Rodon in the rotation, settled. You have no third baseman. I don't know what the hell's going on with left field. That's something we have to figure out, but left fielders are easier to come by than gold glove MVP caliber third baseman. Um, so when you look at the fact that they could maybe add one more contract and then use their resources in the best possible way to create this massive two to five year window where they're always going, they might be the best team in the AL. Then I think that's what you got to do. I don't think there's really a debate for it. If Hal Steinbrenner is willing to spend right now, and go the extra mile, I don't see why that would change next year, especially if someone of Machado's caliber comes onto the market and after all the fan backlash that there's been the last couple of years. I think I think there is there is an aspect of this that 
ownership and Brian Cashman have caught wind of everything. The Yes Network has been very vocal about this team's shortcomings. So when it reaches that boiling point, I think that the ownership has in front office have no choice or recourse but to respond by making the proper moves. Um, so I think this is on the table if it if it plays out as Machado's envisioning. So I'd keep an eye on it. Um, and again, it would be great, but I wish we just did this in 2018. Would have been really sick. Correct. I, I heard a lot this weekend uh, over and over again about how a condition of judge coming back was to pressure how Sombrenner into these kinds of moves. And if that's the case, <coughs> cool. If that's the case, and like they're going to be in on Rodon until the end and hopefully close that deal, that's not going to end in 2022-23. Like, Judge is not going to get one satisfactory offseason and then be like, that was enough. That was enough for me. Thank you for doing that. And now I'm good. I'm actually good. Like, all we heard was Judge left more money on the table to care about his legacy. You know, gave the Yankees the last word that we didn't know they'd get because this was where he always wanted to be. But he wanted to, he wants to accomplish more than what he's accomplished so far. Spoiler alert, he's not coming back to the Yankees on a mega deal to end his career just so that he can win a bunch of regular season games and lose in the ALCS and never pass the Astros. And if that's the case, if he's holding the team's feet to the fire, it's not a one-off season thing. You, you mostly got Judge's Prime for free on pre-arb stuff. It's not over yet. I'd say Judge has three, four years left of his Prime, hopefully. Knock on wood. And then even the post-Prime stuff, not going to be that bad for a while. Power translates. There's some more Prime. Power translates even after the Prime is over. But mm-hmm. there's some more Prime to take advantage of. And it goes beyond this year. Judge didn't sign a one-year deal. So next offseason is going to be looking for improvements too. And we're close to the end of the rope this offseason. Whether they get or don't, whether they sign Benintendi or don't, you're in Steve Cohen territory at that point. I don't really see how both are possible. People still are pushing this narrative. you got to get rid of Aaron Hicks and Donaldson. And then, sure, I guess. But with the infield kind of unsettled, a bunch of young players there, I don't know if they're getting rid of Donaldson at this point. And getting rid of Hicks is going to be a challenge. So I don't see big spending in both areas. I see one or the other a trade for either Max Kepler or one of these Diamondbacks guys. Seems like it's in our future. Might drop soon. Uh, and if that's the case, then Judge is going to say, thank you for doing that. Team's still not, com- we don't know what's going to happen this season, but the team won't be complete next year. You're losing Montas. You're losing Severino. You're letting a lot of money walk. Donaldson's money will be gone. You don't have to trade him next year. He is leaving. They're not going to re-sign Josh Donaldson. So Judge is going to ask them to do what they did this offseason and more next offseason. And Machado is going to be a major part of that. And A.J. Preller knows that too. So that's why he might take care of it before he ever gets there. But it's not going to be on this current contract. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, a lot of stuff ahead. They have to They have to figure it out. They have to get rid of some money. Um, and then they have to take the, the necessary calculated risks. And look, bring ties us back to the beginning. I think Rodon is the cal- is the proper calculated risk that you take for that amount of money, that amount of years, um, and you start there. And you see how the team does. Maybe you make a trade to address one of the outfield spots. Maybe you make a trade to address the bullpen. Um, if you can magically get rid of Donaldson and Hicks, really don't think that's going to happen. But if you can, great. Um, you got to supplement it properly. 
But that's a lot of Yankee stuff for today, man. Yeah, that's folks. a lot of shit we covered. I'll tell you that. There's uh, some fun. There might be some fun news by EOD. Hopefully, Talking Jake is saying that there's a three-team trade in the works between the Braves, Brewers, and A's. Any guesses? Dude, that feels like John Murphy. That feels like a John Murphy stitch. That feels like a Willie Adamas stitch, considering the Braves are still shortstopless. Uh, but you, do you want it? I mean, the funniest thing this offseason to me, other than the extremely funny Red Sox stuff, has been uh, Braves fans reactions to the potential that they might start Vaughn Grissom on opening day versus Yankee fan reactions to the idea they'll start Oswald Peraza. We're pumped. We're ready for this. Top prospect. Let's go. Vaughn Grissom, was not happy about it. Vaughn Grissom was our number one prospect last year. And I'm reading a lot of like, if Grissom's the opening day starter, then like, I swear to God, whatever. What do you mean? Yeah. They I'm apparently not- suck Braves fans making fun of Mets, the Mets for spending money. Yeah. That's fun. Like, yeah. oh, the Braves are paying the same amount for our core that you're playing for, paying for four guys. I mean, congrats on suppressing cool. wages, but the Mets had to do this to compete with you, and they did. So Mets fans should be very happy. More teams should be the Mets. I don't even know if the Mets got that much better this offseason, but they had to spend all this money to stay just as good, and they did. So great. Everyone should be doing that. Nice work. We love it. Nice work. Vaughn Grissom at 324 last year in the minors, 290 with the bigs, 518 RBI, 141 at bats. Good baseball player. That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, all podcast platforms. Seriously, if you have a podcast platform that doesn't have us, let us know. We'll get it on there. But also find us live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern Time. And again, live if we gotta, we'll be on the lookout for Radon and other news. If the Fernando Tatis Jr. trade goes from the realm of the insane to the realm of the realistic, we'll be here. We'll talk about it. Don't think so, but we shall see. Until next time, I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. We are at official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Our bylines are on yanksgoyard.com. Head on over there. Plenty of content there to prep you for the holiday season, baby. We're almost there. Christmas is in two weeks. Christmas is the and best. Christmas fucking rolls. Maybe we'll get some good, some Yankees gifts. I mean, Hal's got to be in the giving mood this year. Um, he's already here. He got the deal done from Italy. Tacked on that extra 40 mil because he said, fuck it. I'm having a good time. I'm, I'm getting fed grapes right now. Let's just throw a couple more mil on that judge deal. We'll secure it. Um, Steinbrenner out there with the high-class gaze from White Lotus, grabbing the gun, getting the business handled. <laughs> uh, and until then, folks, it was great seeing and talking to you guys today. A lot of people in the chat, a lot of viewers on YouTube. We love it. We want more. We want to have more fun. So tune in Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Enjoy your rest of your Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. And we'll be back in a few days. Take care, everybody. It's true. See you in a few. We'll be right here. Just make sure you come back when we come back. All right. Take care, everybody. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.